Um, we're going to do night as I'm just going to share uh, just God's been putting on my heart. I'm going to break into some groups and have a discussion around that. And uh, I want us to get into maybe groups that we're not normally in. So um, get connected with some people that you're not necessarily meeting up with during the week. And then uh, what we're going to do is have a time of just reporting back or just sharing just some of the key things that were discussed from the group discussion. And so we can all hear uh, what each of the groups have been hearing and and uh, what God's saying uh, to us. But um, I've just called this What's in Our Hands. What's in our hands? What do we come with us to bring? Do we come empty-handed? Or do we come with something? And we're going to look at that tonight. Um, not the mountain movers on Sunday, but the mountain movers before that. I was just sitting about where Malcolm's sitting. And um, I just sense God start to speak to me about what is it that we bring when we gather? Do we come empty-handed? Or do we come with something to offer because we've been spending time with him? And so when we come, we come with something and we come to bring it. We come to lay it down. It's an offering that we've come with. It's living manner that God has been giving us throughout the week or the weeks. And so we come here with this thing, with an element or a part of him that we come to give. And I think this is the challenge for us. It's the challenge for the church as a whole, because we can come just to receive and become empty and we look for someone else to top us up or we look for someone else to bring the thing and we don't add to it. We just come to get from it. And I was thinking about that and I was thinking, what would it be like if we all turned up tonight and we're all physically hungry and um, someone brought one bit of pizza one slice of Domino's best pizza, but there was only one slice and that one slice is to feed all of us. There wouldn't be a lot to go around and we'd probably all still be very hungry. And that's what it can be like when we get together. Whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in three, whether it's in six, 12, 200, 2,000, we can all come and we come empty. And we're looking for someone else to give rather than us be the one that's got the source, the manna, and we give. I was thinking about that. I was sitting over there. And then these words came. It says, you know, it was like the whisper of the Holy Spirit said this, those who have I give more to. And those who don't, even what they have is taken off them. That sort of rocked me a bit. Those who have, I'm going to add more to those. Why? Because those who add are giving. They're giving into the pie. And the Father comes and anoints the bits and there's more to go around. But those that don't have, those that come, even what they have, they think they have, is taken from them. And that's a challenge. That challenges me. I was sitting there, I was being, man. I was thinking about that and I was thinking about it. When we come together, 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 especially at something like Mountain Movers, we say, let's bring our part. 
let's each person bring a part. Let's each person bring something that's going to be offered. And so often or not, there's the odd person, there's a bit of people, and there's a lot of quietness, a lot of silence. And, yeah, that can be right at times, and there's other times when I think there should be a queue lined up of testimony after testimony of testimony of what God's saying and what he's showing. And let give me the mic. I want to declare something. I've got something to bring. It's living. And then we all receive that. And then the next person gets up and they speak and everyone receives that. And all of a sudden there's a feast on. And there's a feast that's happening as the church comes together because everyone's come with a piece. And now the pizza... There's 50 pizzas here, and there's an abundance, and there's leftover pizza. And we can go to the community or our neighbours and say, anyone want a pizza tonight? You hear what I'm saying? And I want to encourage us, um, if we are leading a discipleship group, I want to encourage you more, because what are we modelling God has entrusted us with people and our groups and our lives. And he's looking for us to model something. He's looking for us to be the demonstration to others look and see something. He's looking for us to, to speak of a realm and of a reality that other people would look and go, wow, man, really? Yeah. And so what is it we come What's in our hands? Matthew 13. Come with me to Matthew 13, verses 10. I read from this the other day. Matthew 13, verses 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance But whoever does not have, even what he has, shall be taken away. Key words, for whoever has, more shall be given. And then there's this word abundance. I shared this on Sunday that he's speaking to a group of people, his disciples, and saying, these guys over here, they're not going to have. They're going to see but not see. They're going to hear but not hear. They're going to perceive but not understand. But to you, to us, it has been granted to know. That's a challenge, isn't it? It's been granted for you to know the mysteries. And from understanding the mysteries, you bring something. So imagine tonight if we all came with a part of him of understanding the mysteries. And in our discussion later on tonight, we started a dialogue 
That's a feast happening right there, isn't it? Of living manna. That's what creates oneness in spirit. I love this thought. I think it was Dave um, Peters that said it. When he says, you know, he says something like this. When you eat physical food, you get full. When you eat spiritual food, you're always getting hungrier. What would it be like if in our one-on-ones, in our groups that meet, on a Tuesday night tonight or a Sunday morning at a mountain movers, what would it be like if everyone came with living manner? Everyone came with a peace and started to give it to one another. It'd be incredible, wouldn't it? Now you've got a much, much bigger hole. The Bible shares a story about a young boy in John 6. It says many, the crowds were following him. They were all looking for something. Looking for a healing, looking to get their needs met. Jesus is so loving, Jesus meets needs. But there's this young boy, one person out of the thousands that has something in his hand. We're going to look at that. We are to be the people who have and the more because we've been given and granted to know the mysteries. We are to be the people of the have, the people of the more. And I'm hoping as, as, as we are sharing and, and really declaring forth a reality of this abundance that we as a people are pursuing what is being declared. I'm, all I've got is hope. <laughs> I've realized that. I've realized that, that, you know, I can't give you, you can't give me. Uh, we can't give to one another. We can't make it happen. We can't put it in. But there's a reality and a truth declared in his word of more abundance, overflow. The Bible says that we have to be more than overcomers. A more than an overcomer. Not just an overcomer, but a more than an overcomer. So there is this realm in him that he declares. I guess the challenge for me is when I hear this realm, does it excite me? Does it scare me? Does it encourage me? Does it threaten me? Do I get excited by it? Do I even hear it? Do I even care to hear it? Do I want to hear it? I don't know, I can't answer the question for, for everyone here, but I can only answer it for me. And more and more, I, I'm, I'm seeing the depth of the reality he's calling me into. That I can know, I can know the love. I can know it. It's not a mystery anymore. It's been revealed because of my pursuit. I can know a joy. It's no longer a mystery because it's been granted to me to know See, and we keep speaking this language of death over our own lives. And we hear it and we believe it. And it's called unbelief. 
And our words need to shift because he says we're the people of the more. We're the people of more than. And there's this young boy out of all the thousands of people. One person. The odds aren't great, is it? (laughs) One person who comes and he's got something in his hand. So let's go to John 6 and let's have a look at the story. And then I'm going to just give you some observations from the scriptures. And I, I hope, my hope is that we are encouraged. My hope is that I, I get, and I've been going around the different groups, and um, it's been awesome, and it's been awesome hearing from people. And, and one of the things I've shared with, with the groups is I, I get the magnitude of who God calls us to be. And I get the enormity of it and how scary it can be. But we're not mere men. We're not human in the sense of just human beings. We have the Spirit of God in us. And the Spirit of God has been given to us to lead us into all truth. So I'm no longer just a human being, an average human being who's struggling and just wants to struggle to get by. I want to pursue who he calls me to be. Amen? Anyone else want to come on that journey? And not just pursue it, but then to live from it. So at the revealing and the receiving of it, I'm able to then demonstrate and my whole life changes in an alignment to his truth. So no longer do I live from my feelings or my thoughts or my perceptions, my beliefs, but I've gone on a process and had those things renewed so now I'm living from a new reality. See, we're called to be a new creation. We're not called to be a modification. Too much of Christianity is modifying the old man instead of the old man dying and the new man being born. But we don't know these ways. And the only way we can know these ways is if the Holy Spirit grabs hold of us and starts to reveal this way in us and to us and through us. It's the only way. The only way. There's only one way in. That messes us up as humans because we want to figure out there's got to be more than one way. It's the argument that the world says there must be more than one way to God. And they try and find all the different ways, don't they? You know, we can be exactly the same. There must be more than one way to the Spirit doing it. I'll find it. Then I'll teach everybody it. Now I'll confuse the living snot out of everybody. How do you think there's so much division in the church? Because it's my way. I've got the answer. I found it. Have you really? Yeah, I found it. Okay, let's all see. Well, let's see. Is there much life happening? Because isn't that what we're looking for? At the Bible says much fruit. What is this fruit that is to be produced? The fruit of the Spirit. Once again, so John 6, not John 16, Greg. John 6. Let me read you this amazing passage. 1, John 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. A large crowd followed him because they saw the signs 
which he was performing on those who were sick. Why do you follow him? Here's a challenge. Today, why are we following him? That's for Saturday. Then Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of Jews, was near. Therefore Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that the large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? This he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them for everyone to receive a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments, so that nothing will be lost. So they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Two question, well, question and answer. What are we to do with what we are given? We are to bring it with us to give to God so he can turn and bless others. What are we to do with what we've been given? We are to bring it to him so he in turn can bless others. Is that an inward mindset or an outward mindset? So it's an outward thinking person. So the byproduct of receiving, of spending time living manner is there will be a work done within. But the heartbeat, the motivation for that is to bless others, is to be a conduit to give. So many things happen when we become more and more these people. One, God's name is glorified which is the most important thing. Two, we start to grow and mature the more manna we're receiving, living revelation. And three, people receive the Lord through us, a measure of him, to, to, no matter what that measure is. That's a win-win, isn't it? That's a more reality. So God is being glorified. I am being changed because I'm pursuing him and I'm eating, drinking of him. I'm becoming more like him. And then I speak living manner that someone has a heart to receive and has faith to believe and it goes in and feeds them and they are also changed. Because the Holy Spirit is revealing the living word, not any word and not just words, the living word. Phenomenal. And here's this young boy. I don't know how old he is. Let's just say he might be about eight. There is a lad who has five barley loaves and two fish. But there's just too many people. Well, he doesn't seem to see it that way. 
He's just saying, I've got my five loaves and my two fish, and you're asking for it. So I'm going to bring it. And I'm going to bring it and lay it at the feet of the one I love. It's funny, eh? The disciples who are the adults, supposedly. Oh, not enough to go around. We can have this mindset. What have I got to bring? What do I know? What do you, little old me? No. I'm going to bring my part. I'm going to bring the thing. Even if I'm just bringing a heart to worship. Life might suck at the moment. It might be terrible. There might be so much going on. Can I encourage you, if that is the case, pursue him and you can still bring something. Bring yourself. If all you can do is be present, bring yourself and place yourself in the right environment. So often... We want to run from the very environment we're supposed to be in. Anyone found that? Life gets bad. I actually leave my spiritual family and I go hide in a cave somewhere and I try and overcome it on my own. And then when I feel good, I come back. It's back to front. We're to run to our spiritual family, share with them our burdens so then they can share with us and walk with us and hold us while we might break and fall apart and have our arms around us while God restores us. So we can bring as little as that, whatever that is, because we've got a God of the more of the abundant who can just touch it and go, who wants a feed? He's awesome, isn't he? Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks. Even there, a heart of thanks, a heart of appreciation for what was given. We're trying to teach our girls about what they have. Uh, What's for dinner tonight? This again. Doesn't seem to sink. It doesn't matter how much you tell them that, you know, there are children that don't eat. There are children that don't have food. There are children that don't have clothing. It doesn't seem to register. Mm. Mm. Steak again. <laughs> that nature's in all of us. And that's what has to be overcome. That nature has to be overcome through the leading of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And part of the way we do that is to bring what God is saying to us to bring and to have faith and believe to see me move and to see me anoint and to see me wash and to touch. And all of a sudden, loaves and fish is now feeding thousands of people. All because one boy decided to do something. Are we going to be the one? Or do we wait for other people? Well, I'll wait till Noel does it. I'll see how it goes for him first. He can make an idiot himself. I'm not. I'll wait for Terry. Go on, Terry. You do it. 
No, we do it together. So here are just some key observations and then we'll break into groups. Jesus takes what we bring and multiplies it and thousands are fed. He takes our peace because we don't come empty-handed. Don't come empty-handed on Sunday. Come with something in your hand to give, to lay down, and for God to bless. You just never know who that could be for. I'm amazed at how many times he starts speaking to me about stuff, and then I'm in a conversation, and it was for that person. And you see people light up. Second thing, there was always more in Christ than needed. <laughs> I just reckon he messes with us, with his disciples there. Eh? I'm going to give you more. So I'm going to take this little amount and I'm going to make it more. And there's take home the doggy bags going around. Why? To show his disciples his abundant nature, who he is. <clears throat> believe in me. Don't believe in yourself. Bring what I've shown you during the week, during the time, and bring it with you. Because I may just want to bless it. In fact, I will bless it, multiply it. I long for the day that we are consistent in our faith and our giving to him. But too often we are inconsistent. One of the things that hit me about the men's retreat was, I would say most of the men came with something. They came to bring something, to give something to him. And you could sense it in the room for the whole weekend. If you were there, you'll know it. People were, were different and, and, and God was doing some things. And then the next week, and it's like we have these highs because everyone steps out by faith and they bring something and then there's just these months of lows. And then there's another spike and it's a high. And ultimately I believe it's because we're not coming with something. We come empty. We come tired. We come with our problems and our issues, and it's about us. And look, I'm not trying to demean any of those things. They are real. They're absolutely real, and Jesus went through his own things, didn't he? As an example for us to show us there is a way out of us, but it's not by focusing on us. And that can be hard when you're, the ultimate position in him is, is the innate flow. I don't put on love because love's coming out of me. It's so innate. But before you get there, you might have to put it on. There may have to be a discipline. And I want to encourage us as leaders to be modeling this. When life's tough, put it on. I'm not saying fake it. I'm saying spend time, seek him, and then bring something from the time with him. And believe Believe. We've probably all gone through crap. We've all probably all gone through dark times. We all will. It's part of life. 
It's part of the test. And he looks and says, I wonder what your response is going to be because you're the people of the more. You're the people of the abundance. You're more than overcomers. And so I, I just I want to encourage us in that, that there is, he'll take it. You'll be blessed through it. Others will be blessed and there'll be more for others. The third observation, Jesus tests all his disciples to teach them and bring them to maturity. Are you up for tests? Not this weekend. Although, come on the ABs. But are we prepared for a test? Because it says here that he tested Philip. Verse 6. This he was saying to test him. For he himself knew what he was intending to do. Jesus has everything in control. That builds incredible faith in me to know he's in control of everything. So what looks like a test for me and is for me is already sorted in him. And if that can become my mindset, then I can enter into a test with faith because he's got it sorted and he loves me. So this is good for me. And right here, Philip is being tested. How do you think? I love it. He intentionally does things to grow us. Why? Because he's the good, good father. His ways are perfect and all he does may not look, look perfect, but it is perfect when you know he's good and perfect, yeah? So are we up for the test because through the test, and I've said this, it comes the testimony. The testimony is the living work God has done within you. And by that and by the blood of the lamb, we overcome the enemy. So think about that. The testimonies, the living work that God is doing in us, receiving in us the living manner, the true work of the Holy Spirit, you will automatically start declaring, bringing this living manner, speaking it over people who have in the Spirit can receive the living work and a work can be performed within them. Testimonies, living, not... As we've said before, you know, yep, 1997, I gave my heart to the Lord. It was awesome. That is an amazing testimony for us all the day we committed our lives, but ongoing. And so he's going to test you. He tested his son. He led him into the spirit, led the son into the wilderness to be tested by the devil, didn't he? Who is this God? He wouldn't do that. Oh, well, would he, wouldn't he? Once again, though, all for our maturity and our growth. Only one person came ready and prepared with their hands full. I've written here, crowd mentality, individual. The crowds came looking for healing. Is there anything wrong with that? No. But are we to stay there? Is that to be the driver? That you come to Jesus for what you can get from Jesus? Or have you grown up to the point where you're now with him because of love? And now your life is being laid down because of love. How do you know you really are a disciple of Christ? 
Well, the Bible tells you you're laying your life down for those that you love. So how much laying down of lives is happening in our discipleship? How much of living for self is happening? Because once again, here's a young boy, a young lad who's coming demonstrating a reality to grown-ups. He's laying it down. That may have been all he had. His mum said, here's your lunch. If you've got it for a week, you're going to follow this guy. And he's given it away. But the crowd, they followed. This is the guy that can meet our needs. And that's awesome. That's the start. And I'm not saying he doesn't continue to meet our needs, so please hear what I'm saying. But we're to grow beyond that into a maturing to where no longer about our needs being met, it's about us meeting needs. We're so full of him. Why? Because remember, we're the people of the more. We're the people of abundance. We're so full up, we've become the resource. How much do you want? There just seems to be more. And the more you give away, the more you're topped up. So the more you eat, the more you eat, the more you're becoming like him. You start your own shop. No, don't do that. Can you hear what I'm saying though? So he starts to meet the need. Which enables us to be a resource for others. So our lives become rivers of living water. And while we stay in, tapped into the source of life, and I've done that analogy before, he's the vine, we're the branch, fruit, 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 fruit. Bible says much fruit is produced. I'm not producing it. I'm just staying connected. And as I stay connected, he's revealing because I'm eating and I'm drinking because the Holy Spirit is bringing and revealing this realm within me. Why? Because of my pursuit of him. And I'm the vessel, the conduit of his life. Let's not have a crowd mentality. Let's grow up. And let's become the mentality of this young boy. So once again, as leaders of these groups, what are we modeling? What are we demonstrating? And the last thing is that very thing. This person is a young boy. The Bible says in Matthew, become, if you don't become like a child, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. This reality won't be yours. If you don't become like a child. So if you think about that and think about the characteristics and the attributes of a child. If we don't get back to that, we will not enter in. He's promising. He's saying something very powerful. We can long ago, oh, it's all bright. Oh, she'll be right. We'll figure it out when we get there. There are warning bells. And yes, he loves us, and he loves us, and he loves us, and he loves us. He wants to love us into submission. He wants to love us into the reality. He wants to love us to become like a child. 
Why? So we can enter into the fullness of the kingdom life that's for us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the peacemaker, those who go and make peace where peace isn't. They are blessed. You know, you have to be dead to be a peacemaker. People don't want to go make peace. They want to keep peace. That's called PC Christianity, not PK. So what's in our hands? What do we bring? What are we bringing? He wants to speak, yes. I think he does. I think he has so much to share with his church. The Bible says, all the things freely given. Anyone here know all? No, neither. So what don't you know? And what are you looking for that you don't know? That's going to completely change the way you live and those around you. Will we be the demonstration? Or will we want other people to be it? The young boy said, I'm up for the challenge. So the challenge for me is, Greg, are you going to be it? Stop worrying about Danielle. Stop worrying about your kids. Hear what I'm saying? Stop worrying about your group. Are you going to be it? So, Father, I, I, I pray, Lord, as you keep bringing your reality to us. Lord, once again, you love us. You've demonstrated your love. And you're looking, yearning, you're hurting. Father, your heart's desire to see your children experience the fullness of your life is incredible. And I thank you that your love is so patient. It has been so patient with me. May I not abuse your patience. Father, may I, may I wake up to the reality of it. And so God, I thank you for this incredible work you're doing here. I thank you that we're entering into it. I thank you that we are chewing on you and drinking of you. And I thank you that you are changing us more and more into you. And so, Father, just continue to grow us as we discuss tonight what we're hearing. Um, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just teach us, reveal to us your ways, reveal to us your thoughts, your life, the way you see and hear. Lord, we want to be more like you, and we don't want to let our present get in the way of our future. Father, may our present situation not rob us and steal us from you and the reality in you. So, Lord, I pray you would encourage us. I pray you would fill us. I pray we would seek you for more. And I pray the old man would just perish and die through the power of your revelation as you pour into us, as you renew our thinking to see in full color. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.